0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, your crime stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. So we do have some news today, some rather breaking news. To me, not totally unexpected, perhaps a little surprising in some ways, but the fact is that Jody Hildebrandt was offered almost the same exact plea to the six charges that Ruby Frankie was offered, and she was offered to plea to four of them, and two of them were thrown out. So that was uh, that was the deal she got in court today. Maybe just a little more than a half hour ago, uh, she appeared in court uh, with to the, in front of the same judge that Ruby Frankie was in front of, and one of the things you know with these plea deals. Many of us out here who've been following this case, we we want these two punished, and we're not seeing maybe the punishment to the extent. But it's not over yet because the sentencing is actually going to be on uh, February twentieth. So she could plead guilty, and the deal that Ruby Frankie got was she pled guilty and she got one to fifteen on four charges consecutive. So apparently, it, it's this—it's sort of a little bit strange way they sentence people in Utah. It's a little bit different than in other places. But Court TV, this is what um, what they said in regards to this case today. Uh, they called it a shocking twist. I didn't find anything shocking about her being uh, offered a deal. I, I I would feel that she uh, should be punished more severely than Ruby. And there's others that think Ruby, because she's the mother, she should be punished more severely than than Jody Hildebrand. Anyway, according to Court TV, they say in a shocking twist, Jodie Hildebrand pled guilty at what was previously scheduled to be a preliminary hearing. It was the same thing what happened with Ruby Frankie, and everyone was expecting a plea at her hearing. Hildebrand pled guilty to four counts of felony child abuse. Nine days after her friend and former business partner Ruby Frankie pled guilty of the same charges. Again, Hildebrandt and Frankie were arrested in August after one of Frankie's children escaped from Hildebrandt's home with obvious injuries and asked the neighbor for food and water. Another of Frankie's children was found emaciated inside Hildebrandt's home after police were called. So this is not a mild case. This is a very severe case that required Six felonies to be charged, two of which were thrown out. And we're going to watch a little bit later. We're going to watch uh, Jody Hildebrand walk into the court, and we're going to watch her plead guilty to the four charges she pled guilty to. So hang on to your seats and get ready. You're entering the off-the-cuff zone. True crime from a police perspective. Police off the cuff. Has to be some common sense. Yes,
1: sir. They have the cars stopped in Tim
2: and the ranch, Mike.
0: We still don't know who pulled the trigger. So we're back, folks. So, again, the sentencing hearing uh, today, well, well, it's actually not the sentencing hearing. It was supposed to be just a hearing to get things going in court. However, it turned out to be uh, the same thing the hearing for Ruby Frankie was, and that was to offer a plea deal. And if you're just tuning in, Jody Hildebrandt was offered the exact same plea deal. Now, whether... The Department of Parole, which meets out, the judge meets out the sentences, Department of Parole determines how long someone should do. And that was explained by an attorney on law and crime the other night. Let's just see what uh, Jody Hildebrandt looked like when she walked into court uh, just about a half hour ago. She appears to be uh, like she lost a lot of weight, uh, that prison food uh, probably isn't so, uh, so good. Look at her face, her face is a lot thinner than, she, than it was. So she's in Something the, uh, the striking zebra suit, but it's, it will take it's gray and white. Uh, and then it, it, the court proceeding uh, takes a little bit till the judge shows up and then the judge uh, comes into the court. And you can see uh, Jody obviously um, looks a little bit upset uh, and why wouldn't you be getting sentenced uh, to a good part of your life for a felony, and you're going to prison? So let's get to the hearing.
3: All right. Court Washington State Session. The Honorable May Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to District Court. We are here this morning in the matter of state of Utah versus Jody Hildebrandt, case 231501763. Mr. Clark and Mr. Schaum are here representing the state of Utah. And Mr. Terry is here with Ms. Hildebrandt. We are scheduled for a waiver of preliminary hearing. Mr. Terry, it appears you uh, have just handed the court a Signed plea agreement. That is correct, Your Honor. Uh, with respect to the waiver, Ms. Hilda Brandt, we have had discussions. She fully understands the purpose of a preliminary hearing, what the burden of proof would be, um, and she has the right to a preliminary hearing. But in conjunction with the entry of her plea today, we waive the preliminary hearing. And in fact, there is a provision in the written plea agreement that uh, operates as a waiver of the preliminary correct. hearing. All right. Ms. Hildebrandt, I've been handed a written document, a plea agreement with your signature on it. Did you sign that document? Yes. And you did that to represent to the court that you have read the document carefully, that you understand what you've read, that you agree to all of the terms that are set forth in that written document? Yes, sir. You've had sufficient time to ask Mr. Terry any questions that you have about the agreement or its potential effect? Yes. Is anyone pressuring you to enter into this agreement or is anyone promising you anything that I haven't been told about or that is not in the written document? No. Are you under the influence of alcohol or drugs today? No. Is there anything today that could interfere in any way with your ability to understand the, the agreement its, or its potential consequences? No. No physical condition, mental health or emotional condition, nothing that could interfere with your present ability to evaluate the agreement and decide if it's what you're prepared to do today. No. You don't need more time, you're ready to go. Yes. Any further record, counsel? Your Honor, the agreement contains a factual basis. Um, There are a few details in the factual basis that we are not in full agreement with. However, this is a guilty plea. It is not an Alford plea. The factual basis sets forth facts that uh, we agree with, uh, that Ms. Hildebrand agrees with, that are sufficient for the court to accept her plea with respect to the four counts uh, to which she is pleading guilty. And so we ask the court to accept her plea agreement. And apart from what is in the written factual base in the plea agreement, you have, I'm assuming, re- reviewed voluminous discovery. You, oh, yeah. you don't dispute whether there is an actual or an ad- adequate factual basis. We do not. All right, then. Anything else before the court receives Ms. Hildebrandt's please? No, Your Honor. Nothing for the state, Your Honor. Then Ms. Hildebrandt, how do you plead to count one, aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony? Guilty. And to count three, aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony? Guilty. To count five, aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony? Guilty. And to count six, also aggravated child abuse, a second degree felony. Guilty. The court finds that there is a sufficient factual basis. The court, in addition, finds that Ms. Hildebrandt's pleas are made knowingly and voluntarily. The court therefore accepts and enters those pleas, dismisses the remaining two counts. We are anticipating a PSI, although part of the plea agreement appears to be that Ms. Hildebrandt will not contest a prison sentence. Correct. Is that right? That is correct. But we we are we are asking for a PSI. All, right. All right. Then the court orders the preparation of a pre-sentence investigation report and SETS sentencing at 10 30 a.m. on February 20th. Anything else for today, counsel? Nothing from us, Your Honor. Nothing from us, Your Honor. All right. Thank you. We'll be in recess. Thank you, Your Honor.
0: So that that is it. That is the it it totally mirrored the same exact language, the same exact charges, the same exact plea deal that Ruby Frankie uh, was given nine days ago. And what we predicted here was that Jody Hildebrand would would receive uh, a more severe. Sentence because the the prosecution had enlisted Ruby Frankie to testify against her in the event of a trial. There will be no trial right now because she just pled guilty. And one of the things that I thought was a little bit interesting is that the attorney for Ruby Frankie or Mr. Terry, he I think he left it open, and I, I think I heard it correctly they weren't going to argue the guilty plea, but perhaps they would uh, have a little bit of argument on what the final sentence was. And I could have misunderstood it, but I think that's what he was saying. Um, Or at least maybe to plea with the judge on what the actual final sentence will be, because the plea was for Ruby Frankie one to 15, four times consecutive consecutive. So, on a 1 to 15, you can do 15. So the maximum would be 60 years. No one expects Ruby Frankie or Jody Hildebrandt to do 60 years in prison. So when then, then what does 1 to 15 four times mean? Could it mean that each one of them does four years, five years, 10 years? What does it mean? That is yet to be seen. Muggsy Siegel, I want to thank you. He's gifted five police off the cuff memberships to uh, to folks out there, and I'll Choose those folks and and pick them for a um, police-off-the-cuff membership. Thank you so much, Muggsy Siegel. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. So to many, this this seems, oh, this was unexpected. This was shocking. I, I don't see anything shocking about it. Um, there, there's nothing shocking about this. The only thing that was could potentially be surprising. And you look at this picture on the screen of Jody Hildebrandt, and you could see she looks a lot heavier outside of prison than she looks inside, Or actually not prison, jail. Uh, she seems to have lost considerable weight. Uh, the Her attorney said that while there are some uh, issues in the factual basis of the a plea agreement with the prosecutors, he specified that the plea was guilty and not an Alford plea in which a defendant pleads guilty without admitting wrongdoing. In New York, when someone pleads guilty, they're required to do something called an allocution. And they must stand before the court and admit to every single subdivision of the crime and what their intent was, knowingly. You know, was there intent to knowingly deprive someone of property, say, therefore, in like a robbery? And did you intentionally and knowingly use physical force to attempt to take property away from someone? I'm just using this as an example. So that's in New York an allocution. So this is a, a, they would call an Alfred plea. Uh, It's not an Alfred plea in which a defendant pleads guilty without admitting any wrongdoing. Because obviously in this case, You want to hear them admit to their their wrongdoing. Uh, Outside of the courthouse following the hearing, Hildebrandt's attorney told media that his client pled guilty because she wanted to take responsibility and she decided to plead guilty before Frankie signed her own plea agreement. Like Frankie, Hildebrandt was not offered a guaranteed sentence as part of the plea agreement. Both women are scheduled to be sentenced on February 20th at separate hearings. At the time of both guilty pleas, attorneys for Frankie and Hildebrand confirmed that their clients had accepted a yet unknown prison term as part of their sentences. The attorney representing Frankie's estranged husband, Kevin, told Court TV's Vinnie Politan that the couple had gone to Hildebrand, who was a licensed mental health counselor, for help with their marriage. The attorney said that Kevin was forced out of the house and into isolation before the abuse began. Hildebrandt's license to practice in Utah was limited after her arrest, and she's not allowed to practice until the charges have been resolved. She has been licensed for more than 20 years with no disciplinary action visible in her public file. So both uh, Jody Hildebrandt and Ruby Frankie are going to be sentenced on February 20th. Um Tayo toys, no trial church has too much power in Utah. I think uh, I hope that's correctly Tyo toys the pronunciation. I think that they were afraid to go to trial and especially in the case of Jody Hildebrand because Ruby Frankie was going to testify against her and therefore would have done much worse, I believe after trial than she did by pleading guilty. the course the court potentially, uh, could take mercy upon uh, both of them because they pled guilty and now they don't require the state, the cost, and the trauma of bringing the kids in as witnesses and also other people that have been traumatized and had their lives destroyed by Jody Hildebrand and Ruby Frankie. Stephanie, is this good or bad? Well, Stephanie, I think it's good in regards to the children because now the children will not uh they will not have to uh testify and they will not have to um go into a courtroom and testify against their mother which uh which would be a horrible thing and also to the persons that that hurt them they won't have to do that and that uh that is a big thing because the trauma that that it's something like this um Causes is no small thing. Think of these children who have already had gone through this pain and this suffering and this abuse to then have to go into a courtroom and, uh, and testify. Um, this woman, this attorney on uh, law and crime sidebar, she explains the sentencing, um, in Utah, perhaps better than, than most. She of course understands that she is an attorney I'm going to play a little bit of this so we can get to hear this.
4: They have someone who's willing to testify against her. Uh, but as far as time goes, or the amount of time that they're going to serve, that's not something the judge even has any control
2: over. So so let me get this straight just to understand. You're saying that because each charge has a, is between one and 15 years in prison, mm-hmm. the judge, I mean, theoretically, Ruby Frankie, she pled guilty to four charges. She could face 60 years in prison for this?
4: She could because they're run consecutive. Now the way the the sentencing matrix works in Utah is on consecutive sentences, which this will be uh, on the four counts. She'll serve uh, whatever the matrix time is that the board gives her on the lead charge. Now in this case, they're all the same count, so it doesn't make any difference. Uh, But then she'd do 40% of that time on each consecutive count. So she's not gonna do Sixty years. She's, you know, probably. Uh, I'm kind of guessing. It's gonna be in the maybe the four to six year range ish, maybe seven. And and that's me guessing. I mean, I don't know. Yeah.
2: So. Wait. So that's so interesting. So you're saying when the sentencing happens, it's not like the judge says for count one two years, count one uh, five years, count one ten years. It's it's gonna be just this is what the sentence is, and they run yeah. consecutively, and we we won't yeah. know. So we won't know how long she'll <laughs> be in prison when the sentencing happens.
4: We will not. So all the mm. judge will say, I sentence you on count one, so one to 15 years in the Utah State Prison, count two, one to 15 years.
0: The reason I'm playing this, although this applies to Ruby Frankie, is because Jody Hildebrandt received the same exact sentence. So when they do appear on February 20th, will this really truly be the same exact sentence, or will one get more years from the Department of Parole and Probation than the other, that remains to be seen. But at this point, they both pled guilty to four counts, four felony counts of child abuse, aggravated child abuse, and Ruby Frankie uh, pled guilty to four. And so, just about a half hour, forty-five minutes ago, did Jody Hildebrand. So this is an attorney talking about Ruby Frankie's uh, potential uh, sentencing and the amount of time she's going to do. This would apply also. To Jody Hildebrand. You know. Oh, wow. On and, on.
4: and those counts to run consecutive to each other, and that's all the judge will say. Mm. And then she'll be transferred to the prison. After she's transferred to the prison, the parole board will get her file, will go through everything, and they'll give her what's called an original hearing date. And so that'll be the first time that she's actually going to learn probably at least the minimum amount of time she's going to do out there. Um, subject to whatever programming they want her to do while she's there.
2: Any, by the way, just real quick, any chance the judge would not could not give her prison time, or is she definitely going to prison? She's going to prison. She's going to prison. And yeah. based on what we know so far in this case, and clearly there's more details we don't know. And we're gonna get into Jody Hildebrand's Hildebrandt's potential defenses in a second. Um, would you say that it would be easier for Ruby Frankie? to get parole than Jody, uh, assuming Jody doesn't take a deal or ends up getting convicted, or even if she does take a deal. I mean, do you see one of these parties more legally responsible than the other?
4: Um, I I think it's less being legally responsible when you get to the parole board stage of things mm-hmm. and more about the parole board wants to see people be reformed. Right. Like that's sort of in the big push in Utah is this justice uh reinitiative, you know, reform act and, and treatment and rehabilitating people along with the punitive part of it.
0: Folks, you know, some of you were asking questions in the chat that uh, it's really surprised that they both pled guilty. When you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Because after a trial, you know, when you talk about 1 to 15 on each one of those charges. If this was going to be the most severe sentencing, then they could get up to 60 years. So 15 years on the first count, 15 years second, 15 years third, 15 years on the fourth. But there is some leniency in the sentence 1 to 15. So as this attorney was just talking about, in Utah, they're looking at more like rehabilitation and being sorry for your crimes and being, you know, Uh, grow from it and become a uh, a contributing citizen but also they need to be punished let's not lose sight of what they're being charged with they absolutely need to be punished and that's what we're going to find out on february 20th now the case in regards to worrying about the children being dragged into court worrying about other victims of Jody and Ruby yes and both of them ruined lives both of them right not just Jody Hildebrand who gets more credit because she was a therapist ruby frankie ruined lives and some most of them were related to her so there needs to be punishment for this absolute punishment
4: so she's going to get credit for the fact that she pleaded guilty and yeah. took responsibility off the top uh, and then if she does well in her programming and her treatment at the prison and take continues to take responsibility and and show to make an effort to make things get better, make things better. Uh, she's going to get a far earlier parole date than someone who goes out to the prison on the same charges who denies any culpability right. in it or any wrongdoing.
0: You know, DB, you're 100 percent right. What nonsense that was. I'm going to admit, this is DB talking. I was definitely disappointed she pled out, saying that Jody did it for the children was pure fiction. 100%. That's probably something her attorney told her to say. She did it for herself. She's a selfish person. She's a mean person. She's a despicable person. And so it just doesn't pass, as they say in the law, the smell test that she did it for the children. Yeah. Did she also duct tape the children? Did she also? Ah, uh, not feed them. Was that for them, too? You know, so let's not get ridiculous.
2: All right. Let's get into some Jody Hildebrand defenses. Okay. So the first way that I looked at, so it really, was, this
0: is all redundant because have- there is no defense because we know now that Jody Hildebrand uh, she pled guilty, right? And we can all sit here and and, and say,, uh, oh, Jody was more culpable than uh, than Ruby. Ruby was more culpable. Than Jody, because Ruby was the, the parent, was the mother of these children. But the reality is, is that they're both culpable and they both now, as it stands right now, they both pled guilty to the same exact charges. Now, I wonder if Ruby Frankie was really afraid of the day she had to go into court and raise her right hand, swear on a stack of Bibles, and testify against Jody Hildebrand. I wonder if she was already nervous about that, already regretting that before she even did it. Uh, So now that won't have to happen. And if someone's tuning in right now, yes. Uh, Jody Hildebrand, like Ruby Frankie, pled guilty just about 45 minutes ago in a Utah courtroom. So there will be no trial. So who does the trial spare? The trial spares the children, the victims, other victims that may have come forward to testify against Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrand. Does it spare Kevin Frankie? And to me, I think he skated out of this uh, without without any blood for him. And I think that he's culpable in this. And some of you folks, Disagree with me, but yeah, he was gone for 14 months and that's another marriage that Jody Hildebrandt blew apart, you know destroyed Uh the marriage of Kevin Frankie and, and Ruby Frankie Jody Hildebrandt destroyed that Uh and you, you know, Lula Morocco handwriting on the wall and injustice is coming no teeth in the Utah laws, but lots of corruption 33% of charges dropped what? Lou, you're 100% right. I think that they're going to be treated a lot more leniently than they deserved. And again, we spoke about, we covered a lot of, we did a lot of episodes on this case. And we talk about um, the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room here is you guys can answer it for me in the chat. Who is the elephant in the room in this case? You know, and I'm not in Utah and I'm not part of that culture. But many of you folks in the chat have told me the elephant in the room, LDS, Hunter X Angler, yes, the Latter day Saints, the Church of the Latter day Saints. And I say that because most of Jody Hillibrand's clients, if not all, were being referred to by the Church of the Latter day Saints. In many instances, they were paying the bills, they were paying for the counseling services that jody hildebrandt was giving to the clients who the church was referring to them so (coughs) excuse me so yes that is the elephant in the room and will they be held um culpable in any way is there going to be a civil part of this case and what do i mean by that well once jody hildebrandt and ruby frankie go to prison and they're going to be going to prison will they also be getting sued for damages that they did to people damages they they did to some of their clients damages they did to members of uh Ruby Frankie's family will there be a civil portion to this I think the answer is yes <coughs> excuse me guys getting a little <laughs> allergies um Hunter X Angler I lived uh with the Mormons in Utah Idaho Montana, they think, well, I don't want to read the whole thing, but uh, um, Bill, will they go to prison before sentencing Holly W.? No, they will be held in jail. Once convicted, I I explained the other night the difference between jail and prison. Once convicted and you're facing, you have pled guilty to a felony or convicted after a trial for a felony, you no longer stay in a jail, you go to a state prison facility. And that's the difference, again, between a misdemeanor and a felony. In this case, there's four felonies that they pled guilty to. So, yes, once after February 20th, wherever the nearest state prison is or whatever is the state prison that they're going to be assigned to, after February 20th, Jody Hildebrandt and Ruby Frankie, I'm sure they won't be roommates. They won't be on the same tier because I would imagine at this point they want to keep those two as far apart from each other as possible. But they're going to state prison for their crimes. Absolutely. Uh, And I think we all want to remember, you know, what, what, what brought them here. And it's like it's easy to look at someone in a zebra outfit about to be sentenced, about to go to prison, and to forget what brought them here. And this is what brought them here.
1: I think
3: he's been been detained. He's He's obviously covered in wounds.
5: We're taking a closer look at the case of Ruby Frankie, the YouTuber mom now accused of child abuse. For the first time, we're hearing the chilling 911 call and emergency radio communications after Frankie's son escaped from her business partner's home and was found emaciated with open wounds.
3: He asked us to call the police. So he's very afraid.
5: That 911 call came in just before 11 a.m. on August 30th. A neighbor in Ivins, Utah, a remote area about four hours south of Salt Lake City, reported a 12-year-old boy showed up at his house asking for help. 911, the address of your emergency. Tell me exactly what's happened.
1: I just had a
3: 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help.
5: The caller then references problems at the neighbor's home before explaining the boy arrived looking emaciated with duct tape around his wrists and ankles.
3: We know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated, he's got tape around his legs, he's hungry and he's thirsty.
5: Officials later determined the boy's mother is Ruby Frankie, the YouTuber behind the Eight Passengers channel. Once boasting more than two million subscribers, the channel is now defunct after being terminated. My gosh, you guys, having kids is so much fun. On her YouTube channel, Frankie documented the lives of her six children and husband, Kevin, recording videos about everything from home renovations to -to back-to-school shopping. But Frankie's strict mothering tactics came under fire long before her arrest.
4: And my kids are literally starving. I hesitate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm like, Mean barbarian, but I told the kids I said, I'm not even gonna
5: let you eat breakfast
0: until you get your chores done. In the past, you know, I love how she when she does these mean things, she like laughs. Is that like a defense mechanism? Like she's laughing, this sort of sinister laugh. And I'm playing this now, and I know Ruby Frankie was already uh already pled guilty, but so did Jody Hildebrand because this is what brought us here. Let's not forget, especially when we had um the attorney, uh, Mr. Terry, uh, for for Jodi Hildebrand, say in the hearing that she wants to plead so the children don't have to suffer. She didn't think about them suffering while she was doing her dirty deeds, right? All of a sudden, now she's concerned. I think not.
5: Frankie had addressed critics, saying she wouldn't stop mothering her way online. Who hate me? Who would like to cancel me? Who
4: would like to see me? Um, Either burn in hell, as I have
5: told, or um, disappear off the face of the earth, and I'm not going anywhere. But it was Frankie's own son who requested 911 be called.
1: And he asked us to call the police,
3: What's so the he's very afraid. This kid is obviously been.
1: I think he's been. He's been detained. He's been.
0: I mean, think of how, when you hear how upset this this man is, who uh, is calling 911 and reporting to 911 what he what he sees here, and then the mom, Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt, who had this sort rather bizarre relationship, allegedly in business together with uh, Ruby, excuse me, Jody Hildebrandt's channel called connections or business called connections and not only were they working together but there were some other allegations that they were together as a couple and then when you watch this what led up to this and then you see them almost be sympathetic in those zebra outfits in uh in the court it's, it's really even more sinister. And most of us that have been watching this and covering this, we don't buy into this. We see this as two criminals, two criminals that are about to be slapped on the wrist. He's
3: obviously covered in wounds. Right, we need the cops here as soon as possible.
5: First responder radio communications captured the moments after this 911 call came into dispatch. I RP said a twelve-year-old male showed up with
1: tape around his legs, thirsty, asking for help, said he was afraid, asking for police never he gave the name of Russell Frankie, unknown date of birth, or he did give it the date of birth, so I'm not showing sure any Russell's and Stillman. I'll keep looking into that. The RP said he left through the porch of the neighbor's
5: house. First responders can then be heard discussing the boy's wounds, saying he has sores all over his body does have
1: duct tape around each ankle he's not telling the RP why and so that there's sores around his wrists and ankles he's becoming or correction the RP is becoming emotional.
5: Then for the first time Ruby Frankie is mentioned by name. I'm sorry the RP said that he said he left from a neighbor's of uh, Jody Hildebrand
1: In Ivan's 54 year old female. Not sure if they're related. When asking the RP's parents if always said his mom is Ruby Frankie. Unknown where she lives.
5: First responders also mentioned Jody Hildebrand, whose home Frankie's son escaped from. Frankie and Hildebrand have a past relationship, collaborating on parenting videos.
1: Do you have an address for that, Jody? Sanbar
5: Eight. Uh, anytime you think I want fill in the blank, I don't care what it is. That is not love love is a is a gift that you offer
0: because you have imagine this woman teaching anyone about love i mean it just she's so despicable she's so unbelievable as she presents this little uh, little video of her talking about love it's it's just not a believable uh, a believable preaching that's what it is preaching
5: have generated it inside yourself and how do you generate love well, the the only way to generate love is you use your agency to choose principles of truth. First responders then mention the boy's siblings, who are still back at the home. He's also saying that there's two of his sisters that are back
1: at the home as well.
5: Officials say when they arrived to the scene, investigators went to a nearby home, finding other children in similar conditions. In all, four children were eventually taken to the Department of Child and Family Services.
1: 10 3 minutes, medical's in front
5: of me. Recordings capture officials arriving to the scene when they see the 12-year-old boy's condition firsthand.
1: Hey, 314, the uh, wounds on his leg are pretty pretty good. 12X511, 314,
0: medical's going to transport him so that his wounds are in need of him. You know, it also helps, or, or, and I'm being sarcastic, when someone who's an abuser like this lives in a three and a half million dollar house, you know, as she doesn't feed the children. And, and then she's talking about agency, you know, and love in a way that is so despicable and so unbelievable, you know, and I hope that when they do get sentenced, both of them on February 20th, that the judge really looks through their life history, basically their resume their resume and what they did in the crimes they committed and applies the law to their agency. Let's use the stupid word she uses. Let's apply the law to your agency, Jody Hildebrandt, because your agency belongs in a state prison and you can talk about your agency there because you certainly know nothing about love. You know, folks. Let's not also uh, let let's not forget that um, child services and the police had been to these this house on ten previous occasions, and the children were trained not to open the door. So even though they may have been semi-starving, they were trained to open the door to no one, even the police, because uh, if you recall, a couple of shows we had criticized the response of the police. Cause like, wait a minute, if there was imminent danger and, and someone's calling you in this instance, I think it was the oldest Frankie daughter. I think it was Sherry, called and said, my siblings are in that house and no one is watching them. And they haven't eaten in days. And the police knocked on the door and no one answered the door. They knew there were people inside. And, you know, in New York city, I would have boomed the door. I would have taken the door, you know, uh, under the imminent danger doctrine that the children were in imminent danger of harm, you know, abused, neglected, or maltreated children. I would have boomed that door. Emergency service, you know, 2-4 sergeant, 2-3 sergeant, Manhattan North Homicide Squad sergeant, please respond to such and such location. I need I need an entry. That's what we would call it. We need a forced entry. An emergency service would show up and they would just actually use a hydraulic tool that would break the lock and get us in there as peacefully as possible. And then we would take the kids into our custody in Utah. It's a department of children and family services. And it seemed to me that they were a bit remiss in their duties too. Um, They didn't do the right thing. And they, they knew about this because there were numerous reports against them, uh, Keith Keith Casagio. I know you would have great content after reading up on him, and I think the rest of your contributors would enjoy it as well. I'm not sure um, if you're talking about me or who you're talking about. Linda Sheldon, uh, wishing everyone a happy and healthy New Year. Well, Thank you. Beetlejuice, I seriously think Jody is president of the Man Haters Women's Club. She is a scorned woman. Very possible. She seems to have uh, an extreme mean streak inside her, I believe.
5: There's again comments on the boy's condition.
0: Looks 11 feet for as well. The child looks very
1: medicated.
5: Officials then discuss the next steps, deciding the boy needs medical care.
1: Before you want medical to hold off to transport to the hospital? We need to get some photographs first. Yeah, we're gonna have them hold here. Yeah, if he's alert and breathing, just hang out and wait for us, please.
5: According to a press release, the boys' condition was, quote, so severe that they were seen by the Santa Clara Ivins EMS and transported to a local hospital. Eventually, the conversation comes back to Frankie and Hildebrand over the radio. After doing a little
1: digging, it, it looks like that 27th sent you for Ruby, Frankie's going to be the one that is associated with the Jody Hildebrand there both showing a therapist from Salt Lake and associated through social media as well. Control twelve eleven. Does she have an address in Springville? Yeah, 10-4, she's showing up in Salt Lake per her Facebook, her and Jody both are therapists showing addresses up or locations for their work up in Salt Lake as well. Copy, yeah. Temp that's gonna be the mom. What's the address for that Jody Hill rep? Sorry, which address for Jody? Do you have an address for her in Kansas? Yeah, she's just a few streets up the address of
5: At this point, first responders search Hildebrand's home. From Keel
1: there, we're searching the house.
5: Both Frankie and Hildebrand were arrested on August 30th and charged with two counts of aggravated child abuse. Those charges have since been upgraded, and now they each face six counts of aggravated child abuse. If convicted, that means they could spend 15 years in prison and owe a $10,000 fine. Right now, both are being held in the Washington County Jail. Reporting for Long Crime Network, I'm Sierra Gillespie.
0: So we all updated now. We know uh, the whole gist of this today is that um, Jody Hildebrandt has pled guilty. Um, she's pled guilty to four charges, the same four charges, that Ruby Frankie pled guilty to. So on February 20th, Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt separately, not together, separately will be sentenced to prison. And they pled guilty to four felonies. So the consecutive, not concurrent, consecutive sentences means they run one after another. Concurrent would be they run at the same time. I don't know why they even have something called concurrent sentencing it just doesn't seem to make any sense um consecutive sentences so 1 to 15 years who knows what the department of parole and probation in utah which decides the amount of years someone gets who knows how much time they're going to give them you saw the attorney we played before on law and crime said they think more about rehabilitation about uh you know Forgiveness and turning your life around than they do about punishing people. That's um, that seems to be the trend these days. Kevin Callahan, such cowards, turning on the only innocents left in the world—children, bunch of wackos. I agree, Kevin. It's extremely egregious that children were the victims of this crime and uh, crimes, actually. Folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime true crime from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. And if you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. And if you want to uh, contribute to us in a financial fashion, we have a Patreon with three different levels. and We also have a YouTube channel membership with count them, five different levels, and we appreciate all our fans, our subscribers, and our friends that have really supported us during 2023 and years before that also. And we're expecting a a fantastic 2024 with all kinds of new cases, uh, new possibilities. And we're going to bring it to you, uh, police off the cuff, from a police perspective. If you're looking for a fantastic attorney in a New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe's a retired NYPD police officer and a fantastic defense attorney. You can reach Joe on his cell at 718 514 3855. Email him at joe at jmurray law.com. Go on his website, jmurray law.com. Not only is Joe a fantastic defense attorney, but also he's a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. And we appreciate uh, everything that uh, Joe has done for us. You know, it's coming upon the new year, and uh, we always think about, uh, you know, having a better year the next year than we had the previous year 2024 sometimes you can't even fathom how we got this far you know and i want to show you a picture from i believe this was 2008 uh where i had the Times square detail i had the investigative detail myself and i believe it was five detectives here's a little picture of us right there it almost looks like we're from another era and I'm in the middle there with that yellow uh, Jerry Garcia tie. And I believe that was 2008. And if anything happened at the uh, the New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square, again, in the year 2008, we were in charge of the investigation of that. And luckily, nothing happened uh, that we would have had to uh, do a, a large scale investigation. I just thought I would show you that picture. And... Uh, that was new year's eve 2008 because as you know it's of course new year's eve and many people watch the ball drop you know they watch they want to see the ball drop uh it's um beetlejuice kevin was still at home when some of the abuse was happening he should have been charged with something it was shown right on their youtube channel shaking my damn head yeah i i've said that before that i felt that um Kevin uh, skated out of this. You know, he skated away. Uh, he didn't seem like he was charged with anything. Um, and he potentially could get custody of the children. And is that is that a good thing? You know, this was how um, ABC Utah reported this uh, today.
4: Her former business partner, Ruby Frankie, pleaded guilty to multiple counts of aggravated child abuse. Hildebrandt will face a judge in Washington County for the first time since Frankie agreed to testify against her. Like Frankie, Hildebrandt faces six counts of felony aggravated child abuse after one of Frankie's six children walked out of Hildebrandt's home asking for food and water. According to the agreement, Frankie admitted she intentionally or knowingly helped inflict serious physical injuries on her two youngest children from May 22nd through August 30th of this year. According to the filing, her daughter was just nine years old when the abuse began and her son was only 11. Hildebrandt's hearing is scheduled to start at 11 a.m.
0: So again, repeat again for some of you that tuned in late. Jody Hildebrandt has pled guilty. She's pled guilty to the same exact charges that uh, Ruby Frankie pled to nine days ago. And they will both be sentenced on February 20th um of this year to the four felonies that they pled guilty to sentencing they will after sentencing they will be remanded and they will enter a state prison they will be in a state prison for however long the department of parole and probation in utah decides that they should be incarcerated for predictions you know, anywhere from four to seven, four to ten years, po- possibly. Um, they're eligible for one to fifteen on each charge, consecutive. Not many people believe that they're going to uh, be sentenced to that long a time in in jail or in prison. People believe that, uh, and people in the know that they're going to uh, they're going to get somewhat of a lenient sentence. I mean when you look at them in this picture that's on the screen uh this professionally taken picture they look like two really normal uh caring human beings and we know the reverse is true and you know when I heard the um the defense attorney uh, Mr. Terry for Jody Hildebrandt talk about how she she understands what she did and um they don't agree with every part of the the conditions of the guilty plea. Are you kidding me? Stop it! You're getting a deal. You better just agree to what you did, you know. And as I said in New York, they'd be required to to do something right before the court called an allocution, and they would be they would be required to allocute, which means to admit your guilt to every single part of the law, every single subdivision that you intentionally violated by committing the conduct that you committed. So when the attorney attempted to do a tap dance there and said, well, you know, we don't really agree with all of this. Well, uh, dude, please stop it. Um, According to Court TV, the attorney representing Frankie's estranged husband, Kevin, told Court TV's Vinnie Paulton that the couple had gone to Hildebrandt who was a licensed mental health counselor for help with their marriage? The attorney said Kevin was forced out of the house and into isolation before the abuse began. Of course, that's that's Kevin Frankie's attorney. The attorney for Jody Hildebrandt said that there are some issues in the factual basis of the plea agreement with prosecutors. He specified that the plea was guilty and not an Alfred plea, in which a defendant pleads guilty without admitting wrongdoing. So he's trying to soften it up a little bit. And that's his job. You know, his job as a defense attorney is to soften it up a little bit. So guys, in recapping today, uh, Ruby Frankie pled guilty to the same exact charges. Uh, I'm sorry. Jody Hildebrandt pled guilty to the same exact charges that Ruby Frankie pled guilty to. So we had, um, been talking how we thought that because the prosecution enlisted Ruby Frankie to testify against Jody Hildebrandt in exchange for the somewhat of a plea bargain deal she was going to get. We assumed that Jody Hildebrandt would get a much more severe sentence than Ruby Frankie. That was not the case, at least at this point it could still be it could still be um, that she gets a more severe uh, sentence once the Department of Probation and Parole gets involved. Beetlejuice, both women can stay in contact with the Mormons via snail mail, email, et cetera, so they're going to keep being brainwashed behind bars too. Well, Beetlejuice, I don't really know anything about that, but, uh, you know, as we have spoken about uh Karen Kennedy's children's lives were in danger. If this abuse had gone on, it would be murder charges. Let's not forget this. Jody and Ruby need substantial sentences, 15 years at least. Many of you guys feel that way. Uh, legal-minded friends, Karen Cole, thank you for uh, stopping by today. Uh, I know I just, this was an unplanned show. I was available and I just said, oh, let me, did she just pled guilty in a court? Let me get get on the air and see if uh, I can get some of you guys to join me. So you did. So I want to listen. I want to thank everyone for showing up today. I want to, again, wish everyone a wonderful Merry Christmas. I'm sure it's still extending. Some of you still have friends and family around. And I want to wish everyone a happy and healthy New Year. 2024 is almost upon us. And uh, I'm wishing the best. For everyone, all the Police Off the Cuff family and all your friends, family, relatives, the best year. Have a great day, everyone. Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff. God bless and have a great day.